Welcome to the Soul Joy Mindset Podcast, the podcast that invites, empowers, and equips women with the tools to release the hustle and grind and embrace a life of ease and joy. I am your host, Teresa Timms, a lover of life, strategic thinker, theologian, storyteller, sexy, sassy, freedom seeker, and coach. In each episode of this podcast, we will explore a topic that will help you change your mindset and ultimately change every aspect of your life. So sit back and hear yourself, see yourself, and truly believe that it is possible to live a life that brings your soul joy. All right, here we go. Why, why, why play small? Do you know why I play small? Why you choose to play small is that elevation brings exposure. Elevation brings exposure. So playing small, playing small is an interesting thing because there is this there's this language of taking up space how much space you take up you don't want to take up too much space um you know the kendrick song sit down be humble and for women for high achieving women of color there's always this tension of what what is what does it mean to step up what does it mean to be a team player what does it mean to be part of a collaborative And then when is it time to stop playing small? And there are risks. There, something happens when you step out of the line. There's something happens when you are promoted. There's something that happens when people see you. And elevation brings exposure. This past Sunday, um, Candace Lovelace did a sermon. And in her sermon, she said this phrase and kept going and I could not let go of the phrase elevation brings exposure and so there is this dance that we do there's this dance of um, I don't want to appear that I am better than anyone else I don't want to appear that I'm not a team player I don't want to appear like a know-it-all I want to be clear collaborative and we also know the ways that women of color get labeled in leadership roles um, being angry being aggressive being bossy also being called out of their names um, just just the way that women in leadership especially women of color in leadership um, become stigmatized pathologized and then add to that so you add gender you add um, position and power, being um, in some type of leadership, you add having all of our accolades and degrees. So then that adds a layer of um, authority and expertise. And then if you add um, weight, if you have a heavier woman, heavier women, and this is facts, this is true, heavier women, even um, in roles when they are trying to deflect, they are oftentimes seen as bullies because if you look at our children's cartoons, if you look at um, a lot of the antagonists that are that are portrayed, they're usually in bigger bodies. Just go back and look at your Disney movies, look at your Disney characters, look at the role of the angry person or the mean person, they're usually in a bigger body. The bully is seen as a bigger bodied, 
fat, mean, grumpy person. And so if you mix all of that in with a badass woman of color, you get this interesting and this toxic dynamic in the workplace or in the place of leadership or in the organization of it is sometimes best, it is sometimes safe, it is sometimes um, the, the space that has the less amount of friction for me to play small. And when we play small, when we become docile, when we quiet our voices, it is a lot of times just float along, to stay along. It is, I am not gonna rock, rock the boat. I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna be the team player. I'm not gonna be any of these stigmas that's put on me. But as Candace said, elevation brings exposure. And when I think about women and leadership and power and exposure, um, I, I often think about Stacey Abrams. I love Stacey Abrams for all of the reasons. And I'm also so protective of Stacey Abrams because of all of the things that I just said she embodies and how that's used against her, how she becomes a target, an easy target for, for all of the reasons of insecurity, of male fragility, of white fragility, of toxic ways of politics. And so why play small? Playing small is safe. Um, playing small is sometimes how women of color, women of color in leadership, high achieving women, they try not to threaten other people and their egos. Um, playing small allows you to be um, to be seen as part of the team that you're not standing out too much. Your voice isn't elevated. And there is this double-mindedness Dubois talks about that happens with Black people, but definitely happens with women, happens with queer people. Anyone that's on the margin, you become um, bilingual in the way of moving through spaces and constantly contorting yourself so that you don't offend the powers that be, that you don't offend the gatekeepers, that your voice or your elevation or your being is just at the right temperament so that you can just please all the people. But there, that's detrimental. It is detrimental to what does it mean for you to lean into your power, to own your badassery, and to really show up as the authority and the expert that you are. And I have a list here. So why we play small is because elevation brings exposure. When you are the leader, when you are the voice, when you are the face, when you, when people see your idea, they see your name, it brings a level of exposure. And the thing that happens when we play small, absolutely, it is exhausting. Playing small, assimilating, it is exhausting. You put on so many masks, so many hats, you play so many roles that you don't understand the dexterity that is required of you to show up in these spaces. And so you're not only doing your job, you are trying to fit into the culture of the organization or the relationship or whatever is going on. And why we play small is number one, it requires you being seen. Like literally being seen, people calling your name, you having to stand in front of the crowd, you are the face. You become the face of the organization, of the decision, of the vote, of and that type of exposure. If we and it's and it's this double-edged sword of when we grow up, especially if you grew up in a in a culture in a household where children are are seen and not heard, or if you grew up in a household where you had to play small, 
you wonder why you get into the workforce or you get into an organization or you get into a relationship where you constantly struggle with being seen. And what we know, if you look at any organization, there are more women of color who are in um, positions of help and assistance than they are in senior roles. And we know that those women who are in those help and assistance position, they could absolutely do that senior job, but that takes a level of exposure. That takes a level of being seen. There is a risk in doing that. And all of the things inside of us that want to keep us safe, um, it can work against us because you're not getting the recognition. You're not getting rewarded for it. You're not getting paid for it. And other people are often speaking on your quote unquote behalf. They are getting paid. They are getting the recognitions. They are getting all of the accolades that you are due. But it takes a level of being seen, but being seen comes with a lot of risk. And if you are not confident, if you are not confident, if you do not have clarity of identity, if you do not know who you are, what's the first thing that happens when, when you're seen? Put it in the comments. What is the first thing that happens when you become the face, when you get seen? What happens right away? Critique. Critique, feedback, everybody's going to have an opinion about something all of the time. And so then if you aren't able to deal with critique, if you aren't able to deal with feedback, if you aren't able to deal with people asking questions of, um, and, not, and I'm not saying bullying, I'm not saying harassing, that's a totally different line of limits. You become the enemy. Absolutely. You become the enemy. And that space of vulnerability, it's like, this is why I play small, because I need to protect myself. This is why I play small, because black and brown women do not have enough allies and advocates. This is why I play small, because I am the front line and I'm going to become the punching bag. There is, you have to have clarity of purpose and identity to be able to weather the exposure. And you have to determine for yourself if the elevation is worth the exposure for you. You have to be able to ground down in your knowing to say what it, what it, you're going to pay a cost either way. You're going to pay a cost for staying small or you're going to pay a cost for the exposure. You choose the pay. It's always going to be some version of hard. You have to choose that version of hard. And without clarity, without knowing and without confidence, you're not going to make the, you're not going to take the risk of the elevation. And I am not judging that decision because we all choose in our lives when it's worth the risk. So the first thing is, are you willing to be seen? That's the question that you have to ask yourself. Are you willing to be seen? And being seen comes also with the mindset of, I am worthy to be seen. My voice matters. I am intelligent. I am beautiful. I am wondrous. I am beyond and above what this organization even knows that I am. There is a knowing that you have to have for yourself because organizations, institutions, people will not always give it to you. They will not always applaud your excellence. They will not always celebrate your brilliance. They will not always honor your voice. And if you have to wait for validation to come externally, you're not going to do like it is going to be a constant play on. I need more approval. I need more validation. And it is vulnerable. These are questions of self-evaluation of 
Am, am I clear that I am worthy and ready for yourself to be seen? And what does it have to do with it? The next thing about being seen, elevation and exposure, is boundaries. What I hated, loathe, what brought me to my coaching is that in the summer, the woke summer of 2020, when everybody was hiring black and brown people in senior leadership positions, what made me so frustrated is that an organization, an institution, a church, a nonprofit, the, the neighborhood watch committee, whatever group that you were in, they wanted to elevate a black and brown person a woman, an LGBTQIA identified person, because we want to show that we are woke. It was performative. The world had called the world out on its anti-blackness, on its racism. There was a cry for not only equality, but there was a, a cry for what do we do to right the wrongs? And these organizations, these institutions, your office, my office was like, Let's hire all the black and brown people that we know. You know a black, you know a black person? You know a brown person? You know a woman? You know, you, you, you know a gay person? Let's put them in a senior leadership position. And what happens with that is if you promote a senior person of uh, that's performative and the structure of the organization, the roots of the organization, the culture of the organization has not changed, all you are doing is putting golden flakes over a pile of shit and saying that, you know what, this is amazing. You should be so fortunate to lead this. And what I was seeing over and over and over again was that all these amazing, qualified, black, brown, queer people were in these senior leadership roles in toxic organizations that were not willing to do the work to change their organizational structure. But then what happened was these new appointed black, brown, queer, beautiful, brilliant people were spinning out. They were being burnt out because they were trying to carry historical, toxic, racist, homophobic organizations on their backs. They were trying to save the Titanic by themselves without the organization doing its work. And so then what happens is you are burnt out you don't have the support, the people support. You don't have the resources. You don't have what you need to lead. They just given you a title, a title with no power, a title with no type of resources, a title without any community of support, a title without care. And there you go having this title. And then after a while, you're burnt out trying to save something that was not even trying to be saved. They were not even trying to change. They just didn't want to look bad. So people were coming to me saying, Teresa, I'm burnt out. This organization, I have this fancy job and no one's listening to me. I have no cachet. They've given me nothing. I can't make a headway with the gatekeepers or the donors or the stakeholders. And so there were no boundaries put in place. It is, I will, I will sacrifice everything to look good. And I know way too many people in those positions who left after a year, 18 months, and guess what happened? They left burnt out, ashamed because they couldn't save something that didn't want to be saved anyway. Um, they felt that this ruined their reputation, their ability to have this type of level of job again. And guess what happened to that organization? They get accolades and kudos for making historical hires, for putting a black woman, a black man, a queer person in a senior leadership role. That person has burnt out 
they've gone down, they're in hiding somewhere and the organization gets to put a gold star on their performative work. So when you are in a position of, I say this to say, when you're in a position and you are being seen, if you do not have boundaries to protect yourself, you will have burnout. And there's no way that you single-handedly can save anything or anyone. It's not possible. It is not possible. The weight of an organization cannot lie in one person. And if your organization, your office, your relationship aren't, they're not willing to do the work of changing what's in the roots, what's in the water, what's in the air, then you are going to be burnt out. So elevation brings exposure and that exposure is being seen and the exposure is also being burnt out. Because you're always on. You always have to be on. You always have to be the talking head. You always have to be the face. You're always going, 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 going. And if there is not a structure of boundaries and support and care, you're going to be burned out. And so then you wonder why people don't go for the senior spot. Because they know it is a quick burn out. The other thing that I have to name about why um, we play small, why you choose to play small, is because when you have exposure, when you're elevated, you're the senior person, they then elected you, hired you, promoted you, whatever the exposure is, elevation is, the exposure also comes with there is very thin margin of error. There is this space of you have to get it right. You have to be perfect. You cannot get it wrong. You have to be number one. Don't misspeak. Don't miswrite. Don't do any. Everything has to be tucked in perfect. The microscope is on you constantly. And perfection is a lie. But white supremacy, these systems are all built on the facade of perfection. But what you and I know is that Perfection is part of a machine. They, they, they do the, the washing and the scrubbing as it goes along. But if you are new, you don't know that you even need the machine. And so you're trying to live into Photoshop filtered scrubbing of backgrounds and identities to be perfect. I see, I understand why you don't wanna go into to senior leadership because you have to be perfect. You think you have to be perfect. So you walk around, reducing yourself to a parody to to this tiny box of of what you can be because you are afraid of doing anything wrong so you become a robot there's no joy in that there's no creativity in that there's no um generative conversations that come from that because if every decision you make is based on fear that decision is limited if you make decisions grounded in fear the decisions are already limited because your scope is being afraid to make a mistake. So um, why you play small is a fear of being seen. It's a fear of burnout. And also it's a fear of making mistakes. The other thing too is um, we do not have, we do not have possibility models of, we don't have enough possibility models of what it means to be a completely human beautiful mosaic of a person in senior leadership positions, especially women, especially black and brown women, especially queer identified folks. We don't have good examples of that. We don't have good examples of divorced people. We don't have different examples of different body people in senior leadership positions. Look at your organization. Look at your, look at your church. Look at your sorority and fraternity. Look at organizations, institutions, people, places, the PTA, the homeowners association and see 
who is in the, the characteristics of who is in senior leadership positions. Just look and see what you see. But most importantly, pay attention to what you don't see, who you don't see, the voices that are not at the decision making table. And so it's important for us to think about elevation, the risk of elevation. And then what do we do with this exposure? There's so much risk. And I want to model, my coaching program wants to model. If you um, please go and listen to my, um, my podcast from today with my client profile of Monica Dennis. Monica is a woman who work in nonprofit, just amazing, amazing badass. And she also realized like, oh my goodness, I needed a coach to coach me through the leadership aspects of what it meant for me to be in this organization. And then what does it mean for me to choose to show up differently and how that exponentially made her soar when she realized that she could no longer afford the cost of playing small. She could no longer afford the cost of hiding behind her brilliance and her voice. She could no longer pay the price of what it meant to assimilate and just get along to just stay along. And when she started exercising her voice, showing up as herself unapologetically, it changed the trajectory of her career. And working with Monica through that, really honing in with Monica around voice and identity, um, it was just such a beautiful way of watching her come into her own. I am not team quit your job. I am not team like burn it all down today. I am team, what do you need to do to be the person that will seek, take the risk, go after the thing you wanna go after? And what does it mean for you to stand in the spotlight as you, as, as your voice, your talents, your gifts, stand in the spotlight as you? Yes, elevation brings exposure, but you are worth the exposure. You are worth being seen. Your voice, your creativity, your ideas, they are worth being on the table. You are worthy of representing a Fortune 500, the PTA, the, the, the department that you work in. What's stopping you for applying for the, for, for the raise? What's stopping you? A mindset, a limited belief. It's not just enough. It's not just enough to be there, to play small, to be timid, to not really step into your power. And no one can give you power. You have to claim it for yourself. And that comes inside. And when you are ready to step into the fullness of who you are, doors will open because they have no choice to. You cannot fit, you can't play small when you realize how powerful you are. You begin to understand your voice and your gifts and who you are in such different ways. That, that, is, that is what we're doing here. That is why I only work with high achieving women. I only work with high achieving women because I can't start from a place where you are not sure of what that looks like. I work with women who are like, I know I have it in me. I just need somebody to coach me to get there. You are a high achieving person. You're ready for the, you are ready for the elevation. We just have to work on your confidence. We have to work on what's inside of you. What is the narrative that you now have to rewrite so that you can show up and know that you're worthy of being seen. What I know is when I took the risk to step up, I 
had no clue the doors that it would open. I had no clue the doors that it would open. And the doors just keep opening. Proverbs 18, 16, your, your gifts will make room for you. And my gifts have made room for me. And the problem isn't that there's not room for my gifts. The problem is that I needed to be willing to step into the room. Mm, I'll say that again. The problem wasn't that my gifts weren't making room for me. The problem was that when the doors would open, I'd be afraid to step into the room. It's time for you to step into the room. Are you the superhero in everyone's life but your own? Are you exhausted, overwhelmed, and feel stuck in a cycle of working hard with nothing to show for it? Are you stressed, struggling with your health, lack intimacy, and a sense of personal fulfillment? This episode is brought to you by my Soul Joy Coaching six-month signature mindset program that empowers women who are ready to break toxic cycles and unhealthy habits so that they can claim their identity and voice to show up to life unapologetically. We use a curriculum and framework that is grounded in joy and centers vision, strategy, community, and an abundance of love and encouragement. I guarantee you that Soul Joy Coaching will change your life. If you're ready for joy, let's talk. Visit my website, www.teresatims.com and take my joy assessment. This assessment will give you insight and help you to identify patterns and your growing edges. Use this score as information to help you take the next faithful step in claiming joy in your life. Go ahead, book a call today to get your score at www.teresatims.com.